Salutations, Shades, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your hosts, Vic Waitley. And Mark SD. And guys, I know we sound a little different, but that's because we're recording at my house today because we've got a special treat for you guys. Joining us today in our impromptu studio, we have my good friend. He's going by Jimmy today. Say hello to the folks at oh. home, Jimmy. Hello, folks at home. Jimmy's a good friend of mine. Uh, we actually do a lot of comedy together, and uh, I've been wanting to get him into the studio for a while because I've known that he's had this paranormal experience for a while, and I've wanted you guys to be able to hear it. And today we're going to take a break from our normal sort of setup, and we're going to go straight into the discussions. Yeah, we'll go in our next episode. We're going to talk about um, the comments that you guys left on our mental health and the paranormal video in, our in next week's episode. Uh, today we wanted to make sure that we spent... Uh, all of our time uh, with Jimmy talking about his story. So, um, Jimmy, first up, I want to tell everybody what we're actually drinking today first. We should probably do that. Today, guys, I'm actually going to be bougieing it up a little bit. I'm drinking some apple wine today. And I'd love to bust into that, but I have to drive home afterwards, so I'm going to be busting into, what is this, a Seagram's Escape Strawberry Daiquiri? That's what I had in my fridge at the time, man. And, uh, I'll go with it. Yes, and Jimmy, actually, uh, what do you what do you what are you drinking today, Jimmy? Uh, I'm uh, I stopped by the uh, sponsor for your last uh, <laughs> your last episode at Sonic, uh, and got a got a cherry Coke with some fresh cherries. Yes. Did they screw it up? Not this time. Apparently, the trick is to have just a super simple order. <laughs> I got this. Yes, I got this. I'm gonna get this bottle of wine open. He doesn't know how to open a bottle of wine. Oosh, I'm getting it. I'm putting it on my... It's coming out. And... It's not champagne. The cork's not going to shoot out. You don't have to aim it away from I your face. I don't know. It could be carbonated, man. It could fly out and take my eye out. I say, this episode, we cheers to our beloved shades. Absolutely. Here's to you guys. Okay. I love Jimmy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap your, uh, your Sonic cup there. <laughs> I'm drinking right from the bottle. My environmentally friendly styrofoam. I mean, this thing's really not too bad. I should have known that if it was by Seagram's, I'd probably like it. I um, really like their ginger ale. Oh man, this is I love I love any alcohol that is apple flavored. Probably a little too much. So I'm okay, gonna it up. Give me a taste. Give me. A taste. You gotta try. You gotta try this. It's actually Brown County Winery. Uh, they make a really good apple wine. It's pretty good. Pretty Vic's good. task during this episode is to not let me drink this entire bottle of apple wine. The truth is, I'm going to try to encourage him to do it. Oh my god, I'll be falling out of my chair. Okay. So Jimmy, thank you so much, by the way, for coming uh, into the studio today uh, to talk with us. It's been a... Uh, your experience when you told it to me was awesome, and it was one that I definitely wanted to share. It's been a long time coming. And I'm coming in fully fresh, not ever having heard the story. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I guess the best place to start is, how how long ago would you say was this particular experience that you had? Let's say uh, it was 
this is 2020, so it was probably, uh, I want to say 2011, 2013, 2012 is about the time frame for uh, this specific incident that we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Okay, now at the time, were you, were you living alone? Were you living with somebody else? What was, what, tell me about what your life was like whenever you had this happen. So, um, my wife at the time and I were going through uh, a little bit of a rough patch in our relationship. I had found out some things that weren't so great. I found out that she had been seeing somebody else behind my back. Um, some things were happening while I was at work that I wasn't privy to. Um, and things were just starting to kind of, um, the rug was getting pulled out from underneath me, so to speak. Okay. So we could say this was a time of pretty heavy distress for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, were you here in, were you here in Evansville at the time? Or where yes. Were you? Okay. Yes, this did happen in Evansville. Were you guys living in a house, apartment? What was... Yeah, we lived we lived in a house at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Had you guys uh, had anything going on in the home prior to you guys or prior to experiencing this? Not at all. And um, if if I could say uh, the house is no longer standing anymore, uh, the house has been uh, torn down, and mm-hmm. the incident where the uh, paranormal activity happened. Um, it's just, it's no longer in existence anymore. So I, that's that's kind of an odd fact to share too, so. So tell me when you first started to notice that things were kind of weird. What was, what was some of the very first things you started noticing? So I started noticing, um, this was shortly after her and I had split up. Um, I was in the house by myself, kind of trying to wind down for the day. I uh, was in the bedroom uh, just watching some TV, and uh, and I heard some footsteps. And I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. You know, so I turned down the TV because, as you know, when you're by yourself in a house, you notice sounds a lot more than you would if you were living with somebody or, or have other people in the house because there's other distractions going on. Um, so I... I first started really noticing the the footsteps, and I really thought it was maybe, I thought it was my dog, maybe my cat, um, because they were still with me at the time, and um, just didn't really think much of it when I first, uh, when it first happened. Were they heavy footsteps, light footsteps? Can you remember what? So they they started out as real light footsteps. That's why I thought it might have been the dog or the cat, or... uh, or maybe some other animal had gotten into the house, possibly. Um, but as days went on, uh, I would notice that this stuff would only happen um, after sunset. Mm-hmm. And it became more consistent, more repetitive. So I thought, okay. Maybe there's something to this, and um, I actually, I actually thought maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me because I had, um, you know, I was going through a lot of distress at the time, and I thought it was my brain's way of trying to distract me from what was going on. 
but then I actually started taking recordings on my phone, uh, which I unfortunately do not have that phone anymore. Uh, but playing those back at the time, uh, I could absolutely pick up audible sounds on the videos that I recorded. So I knew, I knew there was definitely something going on. So were all the sounds footprints, or was there more to it? So it started out as it started out as, as um, you know hearing hearing somebody walk around, um, and then it progressively uh, got worse. What do you mean by worse? Uh, voices. Like were voices coming from like from the back of the house? Were they coming from upstairs? Were they coming from around you? Uh, they were coming from the basement for sure. Uh, there was one door uh, that, so I was I was in the bedroom. If you come out of the bedroom, you could walk into the kitchen, and then there was door. There was two doors. One door would lead you out to the backyard, and the other door would lead you down into the basement, where there was some really rickety stairs to get down to the basement. I'm sure you guys have been down basement stairs before. They're not the mm -hmm. most uh, fun stairs to try to navigate. And ultimately, when I first moved into the house, that's where the washer and dryer set too was in the basement. Um, but I quickly got that stuff moved, um, you know, up on one level just to make it easier for everybody. Um, but I could definitely tell the the sounds were coming from the basement. So I thought maybe because there was a gap in the door where the cat would sometimes slide underneath the door um, and go downtown, or not downtown, down the stairs. Um, and there were, there were bugs down in the basement. There were like these spider crickets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so the cat would go down in the basement, uh, to play with these spider cr crickets quite often. So I thought maybe it's just a cat down there messing around. Well, then I heard the sounds and the cat's right next to me. And I'm like, well, it's not the cat. The dog's right here. Like, but then I started hearing those voices and then again, pulled out my phone to see if I could actually get get it audible on recording, and I did. And that's when things really started. That's that's when I really started to feel afraid, mm -hmm. a little bit in my own house about what was going on. How long did it take you hearing those footsteps before you decided to start like trying to record stuff? I'd say at least a few days. I mean, I'm one of those guys that I didn't really believe in this stuff until I had some concrete evidence to um, kind of back it up. You know, I'm kind of one of those guys where I have to have some sort of proof to actually believe something. Uh, so after a few days, I was like, well, maybe I should maybe I should turn off everything in the house, anything that's making noise. I mean, I, I cut my, um, my HVAC system for my air conditioner, my heater for a period of a couple minutes just so it was dead silence in the house. That way you couldn't hear anything but any kind of audible noises that were in the house. The sounds of the footsteps, um, do you remember them in very much detail? Yeah. Were they like hard footfalls or were they like, ee, like so the sound of someone walking, you know, hitting with the heel and rolling forward or were they slaps down or were they like like someone running? It sounded like somebody walking up a set of stairs. Like, and that's what made me think, oh God, they're, they're in the basement. They're coming up the stairs. Like, I don't like stairs to begin with. Like, 
I hope they I hope there's some sort of barrier that keeps them down there because if they get up here I I didn't know if I was I didn't know if I if there was a possibility I could be possessed. I mean, you know, I I've seen all kinds of shows before. I didn't know I didn't know what the possibilities could be if they were able to breach a certain barrier and get on the same level of the house that I was on. What was it like on those nights once you realized you're being faced with the supernatural? Like just being alone, like emotion on an emotional level, what was it like? Couldn't sleep. I was like, why did they why did they pick this house? You know, why um why is this happening to me? Did I do something wrong to disturb, you know, one side of the supernatural as to uh what might be happening here um and that's actually when i reached out to my ex and said look i know you've talked to me about this kind of stuff before you said you believe in it um do you know what might be going on here what did she say that's when it really hit me she said, well, about a week before I left, me and my friend were playing with a Ouija board in the basement. Oh, I knew it. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean playing? I was like, those things aren't something to play with. Even though most of the Ouija boards you see nowadays are produced by Hasbro, these are not toys to be played with. That's, I've been saying it. Since day one. <laughs> Do you know anything that occurred during their session? No, she wouldn't tell me anything. All she would tell me was that this was the time when you weren't there. You were at work. I mean, it was in the middle of the day. You know, I thought typically, you know, you only do that stuff at night because that's when stuff's more mm -hmm. active, right? I guess you can summon stuff in the middle of the day, too. I okay. find it kind of odd that she would be trying to mess with a Ouija board during the day. I've stopped trying to figure out why people do things when they're bored. Yeah. Oh, man. And it was, it was her and, and another friend of hers that, um, you know, started messing around with this stuff. Did you... You said you knew that she kind of messed with this stuff before? Like, do you know exactly to what extent? No, I know she talked about, um, you know, Wiccan. And I know she talked about, you know, how she she thought about being a witch at one time and all this other stuff. And I just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, she, uh, she did have a mental disorder. She was bipolar. She was put on lithium at one point. So she was like, pretty bad. You don't get put on lithium for nothing. Um, so I knew, I knew she had some mental illness going on, so I mm -hmm. didn't know how much of what she was saying I needed to actually believe. You said that you started hearing voices. Tell me more about, tell us more about the voices. So they started out as, um, a little boy's voice. And he would start out just by saying grandpa over and over and over again. Kind of a kind of as, you know, when you were a kid and you were crying out to your grandpa because you fell down and skinned your knee or something like that. Um, that's basically 
uh, how it started. Did it progress from there? Did, did something else change after that? Um, it kind of progressed from there. Okay. To what? It progressively got more rep repetitive more often. Before we go any further, um, was this an older house or a newer house? So, I believe the house was built in the 40s, if I remember correctly. And I, I know it's unlikely, but would you happen to know anything about the history of the house? Any deaths or anything like that? Not that I was aware of. The guy before me, uh, that owned the house before me, um, he was able-bodied um, at, at the time of buying the house. And then, um, I guess, maybe a year into the ownership of the house, uh, he wrecked an ATV and got his legs crushed and was in a wheelchair from that point forward. So the house was remodeled um, for accessibility purposes. I know a lot of people end up buying houses or essentially moving into places and so, and so many times they just don't know the history of who was living there before, what was going on, what were they doing and things like that. I know my mom, when she grew up in a house, the house she grew up in in uh, Pike County, uh, they had issues with ghosts and spirits and my grandmother to this day swore, swear she saw stuff. Well, when they moved, the guy who bought the house didn't know about anything that they had seen. And the dude burned the house to the ground. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's scary, you know, whenever people move into a home, how much they don't realize some of this stuff that could have happened in a home. So, How long did you live in the house before the activity began? So, I moved in the house in 2009. And like I said, the activity didn't start until late probably november december of 2012. okay because one of my initial thoughts was perhaps he could have been stirred up by the renovations that were occurring because we you hear that a lot in stories mm -hmm. and stuff but it sounds like more likely it could have been due to the more um, our emotional turmoil that was being kicked up in the area mm -hmm. Do the voices always stay like mostly is that that little boy voice asking for his grandpa? Did it ever change? Was it just consistently that? It was just consistently that. And I, I really believe after doing some research that uh, that was only a ploy to get my attention, to try to get me to wherever they were. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah I could totally see that. You know, so many times when people are, are, are dealing with Ouija boards or even just paranormal in general, so many times it doesn't register with people the idea that a paranormal entity could lie. Like, we always want to believe everything that's going on. There's no, you know, it's, it almost like never crosses people's mind that maybe something nefarious could be going on. I always like to emphasize to people that do you really think that this thing has any sort of incentive to be consistently telling you the truth or would it more likely benefit from it lying? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, being paranormal investigators for, for years, I mean, we've seen numerous instances of malevolent entities. So it's... It's very easily that, you know, people could, you know, you could run into an entity that's lying to you about what it is or what it wants, or what it's doing. Could it just be screwing it because it's a dick. Who knows? But tell me something about your research. So after I continued to have 
this stuff happen over and over and over again. And I kept losing sleep. I'd come into work and just that's really all I could think about was like, what's going on in my own house? Why am I still having these issues? Um, so it got to the point where I opened the basement door and said, look, whoever you are, I don't want you here. I don't know who brought you here. Um, but I'm getting ready to call somebody that's going to take care of this. And I hope you're ready because, uh, I know who to call. Question before you continue your story. Did the activity increase, decrease, or stay the same after your proclamation? Uh, it, it, I, th- I think I, I think I pissed it off a little bit, mm-hmm. which is which is what I wanted. I mean, I was I was to the point where I was, I was frustrated. You know, I was like, if something's gonna happen, I might as well just go ahead and add gas to the fire. And if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory. This is my home. Yeah. I ain't tired none of your crap. You know, um, and I, I have a stinking suspicion stink, uh, as to why uh, the entity did not uh, come up the stairs now that I think about it. I am Catholic, so I had crosses all throughout the uh, upper portion of my house that came from when my grandfather was a deacon in the church. Um, so everything that was in the house from crucifixes to um, Bibles that I'd had of his to an actual painting of of Jesus Christ that I had up on the wall uh, that uh, actually sat on my um, living room wall when you first walked in and kind of overlooked the whole house because I strategically placed it in such a way. Um, that very well could have something to do with the fact why um, this paranormal entity uh, did not want to um, make it to the main level of the house. And imagine with him being a deacon, it's likely that any number of them could have been consecrated. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Would you say, just if I can ask, you're, would you say you're, pre- you're a pretty faithful person in the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, especially after this incident happened, I mean... You know, I've been um, part of Catholicism since birth. Um, so, you know, watched, watched my grandfather um, go through the ranks of the church and, and do what he did uh, to serve as part of the church. Um, actually, still know several people that are very, very active uh, in the church. So I, I would... Don't practice it as, as much as I, I used to, um, but I still very much have a deep faith. I feel like we're slowly edging in this sort of direction, but I feared I might as well go ahead and ask. Do you feel like the entity that you encountered was a ghost, or do you think it was something else? Um, based on conversations that I had with other people that visited while... This was all going on. Um, I I believe based on feedback and other other things that I'd heard. Um, I don't really think the entity meant me any harm. 
Um, but I don't think it wanted to be there any more than I wanted it to be there. Okay. I was just saying that some of these, um, so, some of the events that you're describing sound eerily reminiscent of oppression. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd ask. But it's not like I was like, hey, you know, it's 6.30 tonight. I'm going to crack open a beer. Why don't you crack one open, too, and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah, it wasn't like let's do a fireside chat with FDR tonight or anything yeah. like that. But You took kind of my approach to things where it was like, you are not welcome. You are not staying here. Get the F out of my house. I mean, I probably would have started flooding my basement with anything that I generally know should piss off something paranormal. Iron, salt. <laughs> Just start hurling Bibles down Holy the steps. Water. And, I, and I know you guys have talked about uh, shadow people before in your, in your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did see a few of those while uh, really? this. Mm. So I don't know if that was because I'd catch a shadow out of the corner of my eye. And then my dog would just be, because uh, I'm sure as you're aware, animals can see more than we can. And uh, my dog would just be staring into the corner and I'm like, I don't really see anything, but I'm pretty sure he sees something. Uh, so that, that would kind of freak me out a little bit. So I want to get back to uh, this moment when you've had enough. So that moment when you've had enough, you're tired of these voices, you're tired of the footsteps, you want to feel safe in your own home, like what was the next step that you took? I actually went to, well, first I reached out to uh, my parish priest at the time. Uh, Him and I um, have been friends, uh, I'd say we've been friends at least 25 years. we were friends even before he joined the priesthood, mm-hmm. and I actually had thought I'd actually discerned um, joining the priesthood about the same time he did, um, but I decided to go in a different direction. Uh, but he joined seminary uh, at, at at the time um, that all this was going on. I was like, "Look, um, I need to meet with you." Uh, this is something I'd rather not talk to you about over the phone. Um, you know, he's like, absolutely, I've got a spot in my calendar free. Uh, tomorrow, let's meet at such and such place. Let's have some lunch, and, and uh, we'll talk about what's going on. So I was like, cool. And as you know, most of the time, if you have uh, lunch with a priest, uh, they'll be very giving and pick up the tab, which was nice. So... Um, Even though they take a vow of poverty, they still pick up the tab? For for me, just because I think we'd been friends pre-priest, gotcha. you know what I mean? Gotcha. So, so is this life hacks for a free meal? Eh, you know. And he knew, he knew the kind of stuff that I'd been going through, too. Um, because I'd been seeing him on a regular basis um, to kind of get some counseling on what was going on with my relationship um, and what she had done to me. And that I had walked in on said act happening, um, pretty pretty traumatic, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I, I point blank asked him, I said, look, I said, I know, I know the Catholic faith is only uh, one of the faiths that truly believe in this kind of stuff. And that you take classes to rid places of these entities 
this is what's going on. And I had my phone on him on me at the time. And I said, these are the recordings I've taken of what's happening in my own home. I said, I'm freaked out. I wasn't sure this stuff was actually legit. And he just looks at me in the face, calm, cool, and collected. It's been around for thousands of years. Didn't even flinch. Didn't even (laughs) flinch. And I was like, okay, so so what do you want to do about this? Well, let me see what my calendar looks like, just like he's booking any other event that he'd go take care of, you know? I feel like that's like having a meeting with John Constantine. He's like, oh, okay, you got this. I was like, I come next Tuesday. Yeah, and so... um, yeah, it was it was a few days before he could squeeze me into his busy schedule, um, but I said I want to make sure I'm here for all this because I want to I want to see your reaction when you come back up from the basement. I want to talk to you about this stuff um, to see what kind of energy you were feeling down there um, because I technically never went da- down all the way into the basement. Um, to figure out what was going on because I figured that's bad news down there. Um, there's nothing down there really of value that I need to worry about. Um, so let me make sure that my work schedule is clear so I can be there at the same time you're going to be there. So what was it like when he came over? Like, what did, did he show up like full like exorcist mode with the music playing in the background, briefcase, sash, you know, sash over the whole priest get like get up. So he did have a vestibule of some type that he wore, um, that I guess they traditionally wear whenever um, an incident like this takes place. Um, he did have a. Um, a book of some type that had rituals in it that he would read from. Um, and then, of course, he had um, a cross with him, I believe. And, of course, you know, the, the one most important item of all, holy water. Just for my knowledge of this, did, did, did it come, like, in a different, like, like uh container or was it like the clear one that just says holy water on it so how it was i'm i'm trying to remember because this has been several years ago he had it he had it in two different ways he had it one was kind of where he could dip the whole um i'm not sure what they call the device where they sling Ellie knows what it's called. She had to tell me what it was called last time. Yeah. Uh, last time I had asked her, but I cannot remember what it was. It's a really strange word. Yeah, but because most of the uh, terms in the Catholic Church are derived from Latin, so mm-hmm. it's some sort of Latin term. Um, but basically, he used this device. Um, of course, the things that he had in the um, in the book, you know. And he said, where, where have you felt the most, um, the most energy, the most trouble? He said, because that's what I'm going to take care of first. I'm very curious on what the book was. So my best guess from what I know about Catholicism, and that, that is quite a bit just because I, uh, you know, thought about going down that vocational path, um, I'm guessing it's... Um, some sort of 
exorcism ritual to to uh, rid the house of any unwanted or unwelcome spirits. I'll do some digging between this episode and the next and see if I can't uh, unearth what book it might have been. Because um, I believe the Catholic faith is the only one that actually still practices to this day where they teach priests um, this specific ritual to um, exercise the demons. I believe it's the only... uh Western religion that still mm-hmm. has the that sort of practice. Like, right. I, I think when I've seen it from like other practices, that the most of their their bed is just holding the Bible over something and just and, 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 and in a prank. But like, I'm I'm more inclined to like put my faith into you know like the Catholic priest taking this as seriously as he does. You know, because like I've seen it from like other paranormal investigators or people that have had holy water. They always bust out this like plastic plastic bottle. That says holy water. And I just, I don't, maybe it's the Catholic in me too like that. I just I have a hard time believing that a real holy relic is just going to say holy water. Like, I don't know if it takes away from it. I, I don't know. I'm sure that any other faith that yeah. tries to do what the Catholic faith does mm-hmm. is just imitating. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's the Shinto exorcism ritual involving uh, swinging around a trident. Like, I, I think... I think we can agree there's, there's there's some pomp and circumstance required, probably for it. Oh uh, yeah, okay. and so that's that's why you know I was asking about the whole like what kind of vessel did the holy water kind of come in? Mm-hmm. Okay, so did he? Let's get back on track. So he so he goes down to the basement, or what's he? What is? What's yeah, his, what's yeah. His... He's like, let me go down to the basement since that's where you've felt the most trouble, and let me. I distinctly remember him saying, let me take care of business. So, Just like John Constantine was like, this yeah. is like, this is like, what, oh, Dad, do we want to use his name? This is like, this is Father John. Remember that. Like, wow. So I distinctly remember him going down the basement. I'm sitting in the living room like, I can't hear what he's doing down in the basement, unfortunately, just because... You know, unless it's like really loud, you can't hear much of anything that happens in the basement. But I'd say he was down there probably a good five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I know for the uh, few times that other people had been down in the basement, not during the time the the basement had the unwanted visitors, but just when we used to have the washer and dryer down there. And, and folks would go down there to help with laundry or storage and stuff like that. I knew the HVAC system properly cooled the area like it was supposed to. So when he came back upstairs about 10 minutes later, drenched in sweat, I knew it wasn't because it was just hot down in the basement. You know what I mean? Because I'm a logical person. And so... I looked at him and I said, wow, so something actually was down there, huh? He goes, oh yeah, and I don't think it'll be bothering you anytime soon. And I said, so how does that compare with other ones that you've come across? 
And he said, I don't know that I can make a comparison. He said there was some pretty strong energy down there, whatever it was. So he couldn't give me any more than that, but he said, let me leave you this bowl of holy water just in case you might need it. I guess he had just a little bit left over that he wanted to leave with me. Um, and then, of course, through the upstairs of the house, he went to um, all the corners of every room, blessed them with the sign of the cross with holy water. Um, that's a way to kind of bless the house. Um, a lot of people do that when they first move into a house. They'll have a priest come over to bless the house. So if there is anything in the house at the time you're taking ownership, it rids the house of that. So he went ahead and, and did that before he left as well. I've always found the blessing of the corners to be very, very interesting because it exists in multiple distinctly different religions. And some of them clearly had no contact for this to be in a cross-cultural uh, thing. It just seemed to independently exist in the rituals of many different religions. Just seems like a good idea to bless all the corners of the home. Mm -hmm. So, um... How much holy water did you leave it with? Um... Like, quantity-wise, I'm curious. So, if you're talking like a, a basic cereal bowl that you would eat cereal out of, mm -hmm. and you'd put, you know, milk in a cereal bowl before you'd put cereal in it i would say it was proportional to that i mean a good bowlful okay i've got two questions um first did you ever have any experiences in that location afterwards no and second um i know you somewhat hinted that this did change certain perspective of, of yourself but um how do you feel like you were changed by this experience um, I'm not so skeptical anymore when, when people talk to me about certain things that have happened, because once you experience something like this, um, it kind of changes your perspective on how you look at things. Gotcha. Um, so as far as like, how did you feel in your home afterwards after that was done? Because you before you were describing that you know you were terrified to live there. Was that fear alleviated after you left, or how long did it take you to feel kind of so at home? So there was kind of a, a tension in the air um, the whole time that this was going on, and like I said earlier, as it progressed, it it got worse over time, and you could just kind of feel that tension in the house. Um, but once once he got rid of whatever was down in the basement, blessed the house and did the ritual that he needed to do, the aura kind of felt different. You know what I mean? It kind of felt um, there. It didn't. It didn't feel like there was as much tension as there was. The aura just kind of changed, and I know I use that word. Uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about it on the podcast or not before, um, but there was just a different kind of feeling after um, whatever was down there was gone. 
I've always heard it described as being uh, like the air is lighter. Yeah, that's absolutely how it was. Um, I'm gonna shoot this question over to I'm gonna shoot this question over to Vic because I think he has more experience in knowing this. Like, so because I know you, I know you have more experience in in you know with people with like home cleansings and things like and things like that. Like knowing people that have gone through that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in typical crises, like in typical crises, normally they tend to get worse before they get better. Is this is this typical, would you say, to... I would say that one of the most interesting things that I'm taking out of this is that this guy got it in one. Um, that, in my experience, is not accept, or not generally common. Um, and I, I know Ricky can vouch for this as well. Uh, often, when people do a poor home cleansing or anything along those lines, it will make the situation notably worse. Um, it's the sort of thing where you kind of really need to take care of it all at once or it's just going to come back. It's going to come back stronger. It's going to come back angrier. I, I would say that the fact that he was able to go through and just do it all in one go, I, I would say that he's probably a very, very skilled and very, very well-trained individual. Absolutely. A lot of the ones that even, the, the few that I know, most of the, the ways that they went was, you know, they were having a, a difficulty with an entity they called somebody over, or no, they or they themselves just tried to sage it. Like they, you know, they just threw sage at the problem, and then it made it just noticeably worse. I I knew this was something I was not qualified to take care of at all. No matter how much internet research you might do, no matter how much you think you might know, I felt like this was something I did not want to. This was not a home renovation project. I wanted to take care of on my own. I know back when uh, me and Adam were taking on more cases, yeah, this was maybe like five, six years ago, um, there were a few times that we were asked to um, do a home cleansing. And of course, like me and Adam were always very thorough on getting the history of what's happened up to this point. And we, we didn't always accept home cleansing sort of things. We, we really did see ourselves as more as we want to come in, get the stories and things like that. But when we would occasionally said we would uh, go through a really thorough history of the place and often what had happened is someone had come in, like done something very um, minor, like a minor sort of cleansing and just got things way, way, way worse. Um, and I've heard similar tales from, I believe, um, Rise had told me some tales from uh, Two Girls and a Ghost. Uh, I've not like I said, I've heard Ricky say this. I've heard this story from many paranormal investigators that often when they go into a really bad area, it's because someone's come in and really botched up some form of cleansing or exorcism. Like I said, I don't know what she was doing with the Ouija board. I don't even know if she knew what she was properly doing when they were messing with said Ouija board. I wasn't even there when it happened. Um, when I reached out to her, like I talked about earlier, um, she actually thought it was funny. And I said, oh, oh there is there, there. There nothing funny about this. Well, she pro- well, I mean, she wasn't living there anymore. So probably to her, she probably didn't even care anymore. But th- that's, a, that's a toxic attitude yeah. to take about the paranormal. Mm-hmm. That was not the baggage I wanted her to leave behind, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Like, often paranormal events... Particularly when it occurs within your house. It's very different. Um, When it's messing with your sleep cycle, when it's messing with your personal interactions, things like that, it's 
it takes on a very different aspect of the paranormal than when you're going into its location. Mm-hmm. There's just something very discomforting about when it comes into yours. And actually, the uh, the holy water, uh, now that I think about it, actually didn't stick around very long. But did it, did you knock it over? Did you, did you so, end up using it? So as I mentioned before, I have a dog and I have a cat. What I did not mention before is my cat is a black cat. So I woke up the next morning to my cat drinking the holy water. <laughs> I bet you the Malleus Maleficarum would have something to say about that situation. Like I don't I don't know if is that is that bad luck? Is that good luck when your black cat drinks your holy water? Well, the the cat's still alive to this day, so you tell me. Like when it pees in your house, does it cleanse its litter box or your walls? I say next time you run into a paranormal situation, you throw the cat at it. See what happens. <laughs> that- yeah. <laughs> Since he's already ordained in a yeah. sense. Like yeah. You should make it live in the basement yeah. now just to be sure. <laughs> make, make walk around down there. Just a little experiment for good old Vic. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually getting ready to buy a new house, and I made sure without a shadow of a doubt that there's uh, no basement at this house. So, <laughs> uh. Oh. Actually, I'm going to be acquiring a, uh, an object from uh, someone I know that they had come across this and they were wanting to get rid of it because they felt they couldn't keep it around. And maybe we should send it over to you as a house warning. Don't but, take um, that. He's, do you know how many cursed items Vic becomes super interested in? Like, he, like the people are like, oh, I have this cursed item. He's like, can I have it? Can I keep it? Like, before I need to know it, I need to take some preparation for this stuff. I'm like, that's so irresponsible. I, I will occasionally say... Give me some time to uh, make some preparation for this and then sit over. But I am going to be acquiring a cursed doll fairly like, soon. Uh, just someone I know had come across it and they just really don't want to keep it around anymore because it's causing some trouble. How would you like that as your housewarming present? How about you be like normal people and just make me a casserole? <laughs> Dude, trust me, if you've seen my casserole, you would rather have the cursed doll. No, you, I'm telling you now, you cannot keep the cursed doll in the studio. It's not going to happen. Never. It's it's happening. No, I'm not right. going to have a cursed doll staring at me while we're doing an episode. I want the fans to chime in. Should we keep the cursed doll in the studio? You can't even see the rage in my eyes right now. Like, I can't even. How dare you pull our fans into this? I Mainly because I think they'll side with me. I know they will. Because it's going to freak me out the entire time. Annabelle Jr. in the corner staring at me while we record episodes. Supposedly we're... We're going to be getting some footage of it kind of moving a bit, too, uh, from where the last person who had it had it set up with a camera set on it. If my computer was not sitting on the desk right now, I would knock this table over. Oh, God. Okay. Um, something that, because uh, we're, we're getting kind of close to time here, um, and I want to kind of get to some of our final thoughts on this. Um, how much... How much, not only pun your faith, did you have, say, in your friend coming over to uh, take care of this? I had 100% faith that he knew exactly what he was doing. Not so sure that he knew what I was getting him into, um, but that he had all the tools uh, necessary to um, get the job done. 
you know, it's always been a, a theme that I've noticed, you know, because I, I, I look at so many different people talking about their experiences in the paranormal and different traditions uh, dealing with said entities in the paranormal, and they're all vastly different. I mean, you, you know, you're going to see something different from a Catholic priest compared to, like, you know, say, like a, a Shinto priest, you know, as compared uh, to somebody who's an animist and how they and how they deal with it. But one of the the one of the 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 common themes across every single tradition, actually, the only theme that I've noticed is the the faith that the person has in what they're doing and I, and I always think that plays a huge part or the, or your faith in the person that's doing it you know I, I think that's a huge I think that's a bigger element than people give it credit when when they're dealing with entities so if you had any uh, just parting words or anything that you'd like for our listeners to take away from this what, what would it be don't play with a Ouija board like you legit if you do not know what you're doing um just don't do it if it seems like a fun thing to do um go skip go skip with a rope instead like um don't play with something that you don't understand second third ish third good <laughs> we're all on the same page i'm glad we're all on the same the same page on this uh, absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, Vic, is there anything else that, that you feel that we need to, to cover? I'd so just like to thank you for to, coming and sharing this yeah, story with absolutely, us. man. I, I appreciate it, man. We wanted this. I want, I've, you know, I've known you've had this story for a while, and I've really wanted to be able to share this uh, story with our listeners. So I appreciate you sharing your story uh, and, and, and telling it to us and our listeners. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so if you guys enjoyed uh, Jimmy's story, make sure that you guys leave your guys' thoughts about this uh, in the comments below. Uh, make sure you guys check out our next week's episode. We're going to talk again about the comments uh, that our listeners left about our topic uh, on mental health in the paranormal. And I'll have a whole other episode for you guys. Uh, also, don't uh, stray too far if you're a patron because uh, the rest of our podcast that we're going to be doing uh, it is exclusively for our patrons. And if you want to get the rest of this awesome episode, uh, make sure you go over to our patron and sign up today. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Okay, for the extended segment today, guys, we want to talk about how the corona quarantine has affected the world of the paranormal. If you guys want to check out the rest of this podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon uh, and sign up to become a patron today for the rest of this awesome podcast. So yeah, let's let's get into how the coronavirus has affected the paranormal. I got a I got a great story, but do you want to go first? Do, who, who goes first? Well, I was really surprised to read something that with the quarantine, there's been a large uptick in reports of haunted places. Mm -hmm. You would I really would have assumed that there would have been a downswing, but no, many people are starting to realize. There's other things going on in their house than they originally knew about. And I feel like there would be a lot here for me and you to discuss. Yeah. Well, I can see how that's possible because, you know, with the coronavirus and everybody, you know, around the world getting put on lockdown for months on end, it just gives you more time just to be at home and just start noticing all the weird quirks about your house. Here's one of my bigger things I've been wondering about. Is it that people are spending more time at home and thus are experiencing the paranormal phenomena that they may not have been encountering previously? Or 
is that the global anxiety of what's going on is putting out more emotional energy and causing paranormal events to, uh, to occur with a higher frequency. I'm also going to throw a little bit kind of a cabin in there because kind of like when we were talking about with Jimmy, uh, when you have a whole lot of stress and anxiety, uh, it makes you more sensory acute to what's going on. So I think with all this Thank <laughs> you.